Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I'm your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest. His name is Kyle Yates. Kyle was born on October 5th, 1970, in a small town outside of Houston, Texas. Recovering alcoholic, recovering drug user, and sex addict, Kyle has preached for five years but turned from God. He started back to his old ways. He suffered a heart attack at age 36 and found out he was diabetic. He was divorced, spent 10 years in and out of bad relationships. He remarried and went back into a relationship with God. Kyle suffers from deteriorating bone disease in his spine and arthritis throughout most of his body. He medically retired and now he is podcasting and using his platform to bring positivity, inspire others, and motivate others. Kyle has an amazing story to share with you about how he found God. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing? I am wonderful. Very blessed. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. I am super excited to hear you and hear what you have to say. And I'm, you were one of the guests or one of the people who responded when I put a post out on this Be a Guest link or group that we're in. So I appreciate you agreeing to be a guest on the show. Uh, believe me, it's my pleasure. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get started. So my very first question that I ask everyone is, what was your childhood like? Ooh, well, um, I, uh, I guess I'll start off. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. It's a little bit of a touchy subject, but, um, I was molested when I was about eight. Oh, wow. Um, did not have a very good relationship with my father. Um, I mean, he wasn't, extremely abusive but uh he was very neglective but my grandparents though i spent a lot of time with them and they were a big influence on my life and uh, it was very loving in that home so uh, for the most part i can say it was a pretty good childhood despite wow that is a lot but i'm glad that there was at least some people that you had you know who were like safe people where you could still get love and affection from so that is awesome so when you were younger did you stay mostly with your dad or did you stay mostly with your grandparents um most i mean i lived at home of course okay. but um every weekend i was at my grandparents so it's 
as soon as school was out on Friday, I was like, mom, take me to my grandma's. <laughs> That's great. So when you were younger, did you know about God? And if so, what did you know about him? Well, uh, I actually would go to church with my great grandparents. Uh, they were uh, Methodist right. and uh, that, that was kind of my introduction to God other than, you know, what you normally heard of as a child. I grew up in the seventies and, uh, I, I was always under the belief you just had to be good and you get to go to heaven, you know? <laughs> no, I think we're all under that belief that you have to be good so you can go to heaven. That was like the reward at the end of the day. So yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> So was there anything in particular about God that really resonated with you? Like something that made you think like, wow, I can't believe, you know, someone could love me this much. Or was there anything like that in your life at that age? Well, as, as a kid, I, I didn't really understand. Uh, I say it was uh, about going and hanging out with my great grandparents and, um, you know, this, the ceremony of it all. And I thought, well, you know, just because I went to church, I was, I was a good boy. I was going to go to heaven. And I, I didn't quite grasp um, how big of a deal it really was getting to know God. Uh, it's not as simplistic as uh, most children perceive it to be. That is so true. No, it's true. That is so true. So what were your adolescents like? Because I know sometimes when, you know, you grow up in a certain way when you're younger, but as you get to your adolescence and high school years, it's a little difficult because you're trying to navigate, you know, who you are, what you were taught. So, I mean, how did that go for you? Well, about the time I hit eighth grade, well, actually, I take that back. I was in sixth grade, so that would have been my first year in junior high. Uh, I started to, um, started to, to change I wanted to hang out more with my friends mm -hmm. so I didn't spend as much time at my grandparents a lot of the people that I hung out with were a lot older than I was right. and I got introduced to alcohol at 12 years old uh, wow. marijuana that kind of thing so then it got to be I, I, I thought I was a tough guy and yeah. you know I was you know I was Mr. Bad so I started drinking and, and smoking weed all the time and when I got into high school, my first year, I got picked on quite a bit, uh, came withdrawn, and I, I thought that I needed to uh, get around a rougher crowd, so I started hanging out with the headbangers, you know, and, and uh, so I experimented with more drugs, uh, talking about, the, you know, geez, I don't know if we can even say the, all the drugs that I took wow. but uh yeah. but uh I'll, I'll just say i it'd be quicker for me to tell you the ones i didn't try instead of okay. the ones that i did <laughs> <laughs> and um you know the the crowd i was in not only were they into the drinking and the drugs but you know premarital sex and getting into trouble that kind of thing so uh i thought to I guess in a way protect myself to be a part of the group I had to be like them right. so it got it got pretty intense during those years wow so what was it that made you come out of that or change anything about that I and mean, how long did it take before you decided this probably wasn't what you wanted to do well um 
I, I stayed pretty heavy into um, especially the drinking. I kind of got away from uh, some of the drugs after I got married. But I got married at 19. And 22, we had our first kid. And then uh, about the age of 25, I was probably at the peak of my drinking. Uh, it was, I, I, I would drink a beer about halfway and then I'd fill it back up with whiskey and drink the rest of it. Uh, it'd be nothing for me to put away a case of beer in a, a day or two. Uh, I'd buy a big bottle of whiskey and that, that wouldn't last the weekend. And um, I hopped from job to job. I ended up working for an exterminating company. And one of my jobs, I had to go do a termite inspection. Yeah. Excuse me. And it, it's in a little rougher part of town. But uh, I got to the house, and here's a guy there, you know, kind of a burly guy, long hair, tattoos. You know, he's got motorcycles and all that stuff at his house. And, you know, that's the crowd I grew up around. Yeah. yeah. And I'm talking to him about his bikes, his tattoos, and all that. And in the middle of the conversation, he turned to me and he says, uh, can I tell you a little bit about Jesus? And wow. kind of threw me off a little bit, you know. And he says, well, I'd like to invite you to church. Well, at the time, I didn't have a vehicle. And so uh, I told him, I said, well, I'd wouldn't mind going, but I don't have a way to get there. And he says, don't worry, we'll pick you up. And sure enough, this guy showed up in my house Sunday morning and went to church. And I thought, you know, if this guy can go to church, I can go to church. And he's, he was an ex bandito. So he was, a, he was a true biker. Yeah. And so that Sunday, I heard a message that I'd never heard before. I was at, I mean, we're talking, uh, it, it was uh, fire and brimstone preaching. Yeah. And uh, something just told me, I know what it was. It was the Holy Spirit. He was talking to me and said, you, you need to go up there and you need to get right with God and you need to get saved. And I went up. I didn't even ask my wife. She had followed me up there and we ended up both getting saved that day. And Went home, poured out every bit of alcohol, and got rid of everything in my life that would keep me from getting closer to, to God. I, I got rid of all of it. And from that point on, I had changed my life around. But, uh, there's quite a bit more to that story. To tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, I would love to hear more about it. I find it interesting. Like, you just went, and it's funny because it's like you met this guy, you had no idea he was a Christian. And then when he was like, he's a Christian, you're like, oh, okay. But you felt comfortable because of the way he was dressed. He was down to earth and he related to you in some kind of way, you know? And I just think it's nice that there was a guy who was like you, who was still a Christian and you could see, oh, okay. So he can still be a Christian. You know, maybe it's something I could do as well. And you went to church. So I love that. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely life-changing for me and, yeah, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, Christians supposed to have short hair, that kind of thing. And what I didn't realize is what he would do is he would let his hair grow for a few years and then he would cut it all off as kind of his sacrifice, what he gave up for God. And uh, 
I thought that was pretty remarkable. Yeah. And I ended up making a lot of good friends. There was a guy there that was the same age as I was. Found out we kind of ran around some of the same people. And I ended up getting involved with uh, several of the ministries there. And I got into preaching myself. Mm-hmm. And my I got, got kicked off preaching in children's church and also preached at the Harris County Juvenile Facility. And, uh, you know, that, that, that was, that was me, you know, I was all in. And then I, I I think it came to a point where God was going to test me and he threw a lot of things at me. Uh, my, my father committed suicide and, uh, my, my little brother a couple of years later did the same thing. And so I, I started to grow a little bit bitter. I guess what really made me leave is that uh, there was a, a guy that we had been talking to for a while that came in and, and he got saved, but I don't, I don't know what his path was. I don't want to guess, but he would, he would go around and he would tell, he would tell tales you know, about other people in the church. So he's spreading gossip. My fault was, is I should have stopped him right there, but I listened to it. And then I guess he must've got caught or whatever. And then all of a sudden he threw it at me. And instead of listening to my side of the story, my preacher took him at his word and stripped me of all my ministries and everything. All this stuff started happening. And I finally got to the point where instead of trusting god i got mad and i left and then i went right back to the drinking and and the drugs and uh got so bad that when i turned 36 i had a heart attack wow and right after i got out of the hospital my first wife left me then i i threw me into a bigger spiral i ended up uh i i I actually quit drinking and and the drugs again right after the heart attack so i could get better but then i went into sleeping around and that kind of thing and gosh almost 10 years goes by and i was in one bad relationship after another and i was trying to find someone that would, uh, I, I mean, this might sound cliche, but I need somebody to complete my life. Yeah. And I, I started to realize I needed to, I needed to change. And so I was determined that I was going to quit all that stuff again. I was going to give it up and I left it in God's hands. And I said, you know, find me someone. Well, the funny thing is, is, I was on a dating app (laughs) and I was one bad date after another. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this one more shot. That's if I don't find somebody this last time I'm done. Well, this beautiful young lady messaged me and wanted to go out with me. And uh, about three months of talking back and forth, we went out and that is my wife now <laughs> well, congratulations thank you thank you and 
she's a very uh, spiritual person. And then I, I realized that that's what I needed in my life. So instead of trusting what religion had to give to me, I was trusting more in what the spirit of God was to give me. So I depend more on, on God than, you know, I don't want to get caught up and put my eyes back on man again. Mm -hmm. It's got to be God's one. It's got to lead me where I need to go. And I'll tell you what, from all the depression and anxiety, the, I had PTSD from what happened to me as a child and was on all these medications for it. I got into prayer and meditation and with the help from my, my wife encouraging me to do that, I don't take any of that stuff anymore. Awesome. Wow. He brought me back again. <laughs> That's amazing. And you know, I just find, listen to your story. And it's funny how you were in church, you were doing the whole religious thing, and then everything just started to go bad. And then you left for a while and you went back to doing the same thing. But when you're asking God for, you know, a wife or someone to complete you and everything, it's amazing. God answered your prayer, but he also gave you what you needed to get back to where you needed to be. So I think that is awesome. And, you know, even though I'm not preaching in a church anymore, I still do weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, Not very often, but I do do some from time to time. But I needed... I needed to get a message out because I, I felt like God was calling me to, um, he wanted me to, to continue to put the message out. Yeah. One of the reasons why I do my podcast now, granted, it's not, you know, about God. It's kind of the reoccurring theme right. of trying to bring inspiration and motivation to people and hopefully get them away from the, the, the evil that's in the world with the, you know, the, people that are bringing you down mm-hmm. i have lots of friends but i've i don't hang out with them anymore i don't talk with them anymore because they still drink they still party and you know i'm in my 50s i'm not a little kid anymore i'm not a teenager yeah. i can't i can't keep doing that and in order to be a better parent to be a good husband to be yeah. a good grandparent I, I had to get away from all that i mean i my life has to be a testimony if i'm going to to you know, be, be used by God. Absolutely. And, you know, I like what you said, especially like a lot of people think that in order to talk about God or, you know, do anything for him, you have to be a pastor or you have to be in front of the church. You have to do this. But at the end of the day, I think it's about God just wanting us to share what he's done for us. You know how you said on your podcast, that's just a recurring theme. And I find it to be amazing because so many times, you know, people want to beat you over the head with religion and force their views about God on you. And I'm just like, I don't think that's the way to go. Like I am doing this certification for marriage and family counseling. And so one of the questions they asked earlier this week was, did I, you know, do you think spirituality should be involved in counseling? And I was like, well, you know, yes and no. If the person say that, if the person brings it up, then I do feel we can talk about it as a coping skill, as a way for them to cope with what's going on. But I never use that as a time to like force God on people or tell them you need to pray more or else this will happen or you should stop taking medication and just pray. Because I feel like that's not my place to say. That's not my place to do any of that. God just wants me to be like him 
And I think if we are like him, people can see him living in us. And I think that speaks volumes than us always trying to tell people about God. And God knows how to bring himself into the conversation. (laughs) You know, I don't think I have to force it. I just think sometimes we're talking and things come up. You know, you can just respond and say everything because God knows who needs to hear what at what time. And I think that us letting him lead us into those conversations and showing us how to have those conversations is better than us trying to force those conversations and make people see or try to think a certain way. So I love what you're doing. Well, one thing that I was bad about is that I, I, I thought that I had to take on getting leading people to Christ. I was just a vessel. Yeah. Instead, uh, I would let ego get in the way and, and, you know, basically look at my numbers, look how many people I got to come to church or how many people I led to Christ this week. I'm just, I'm there for God to use and I need to let him do the changing. I'm, I'm, I'm not a lawyer and, you know, I'm not, I'm not in front of the court trying to convince a jury here that you need to go to God. God knows what he, what needs to be said to certain people to change their minds. So if I don't come out of the gate, you know, just saying, God, this, God, this, God, that Christ, this Christ, that, you know, trying to shove Bible verses down people's Mm -hmm. throats. If I just give them examples of either my life, someone else's life, Mm -hmm. and without just coming right out and saying it, then I think it piques people's curiosity because, I mean, I'm sorry, you know how the world is. You start saying God, and then all of a sudden people just cut you off. Mm-hmm. Well, if if I can get into a conversation and I start, you know, um, like saying how my life has changed and then sometimes they'll say, well, how did you change? Well, that mm-hmm. that opens a door. Yeah, you know, I, say, hey, I can tell you, but I don't know if you're going to like the answer, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> no, I totally agree because I was the same way because the way. You know, I guess we're all brought up, regardless of what denomination you're in, it's always like, it's our job to go find people and bring them to God, because if not, they're going to be in eternal hell, and it's our job to save people. So when you're taught that we have to save people, of course, we're going to go in, like, trying to drag, bring people to God, kicking, screaming, (laughs) forcing them, however we can get them there, because we were trying to save them. But like you said, it's not for us to do. And I think the reason the world is the way it is, where is, you know, people really don't want you to talk about God to them. I think it has less to do with God and more to do with how they have been presented with God from all of us people who claim to be Christians. Because I admit, like, sometimes Christians can be the worst people <laughs> you can meet and then they tell you about God. And you're like, wait, how do you tell me about God? And you're acting like this. And I know because I grew up in church and I've seen it on both sides. <laughs> so I'm like, I kind of yep. get why they're why they might be mad and resistant. So I kind of do the same thing that you do. You know, I have another podcast called Music and Therapy, and I talk strictly about relationships. Now, occasionally, I'll throw in an episode about how spirituality can help your marriage. Um, there are times where if I do mention prayer, I'm just like, listen, I know everyone doesn't believe in God and you don't believe in prayer. That is fine. But if there's something that you just want to try, you might want to try this. And, you know, I just leave it like that. But I do think that um, there's all, you know, God will bring himself up in the conversation, like you said, and we don't have to go and force it. Because think about the guy who talked to you about God. Like, 
I'm like you said, he started to talk to you about cars and all this other stuff. And then God came up in that conversation. So I just love what you have to say about that. I think that's awesome because I think we see eye to eye on that because I do similar things. I agree. Yeah, you you hear all these stories like uh, of, uh, you know, I hate to say this, and I don't want to offend anybody, but you hear all the stories about like Catholic priests and what they do to little children, and yeah. um, people are very judgmental when they think they're holier than thou. Uh, we had a gentleman at our church, and I mean, I, I loved him to death, but everything that you would say, he's he would he'd make it sound like oh well you got to be just like me i don't do those kind of things and that turns people off yeah you know um let let god do the convicting you don't need to do that so um when whenever something would come up in um in a sermon i would hear it and but and then god would touch my heart and then i'd say you know what i'm doing that i need to change that but if you go up to someone and say, well, you know what? You're a lousy sinner because you're you're smoking in here. And right. you know what? Let, let God tell them it's time to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. All our all we're supposed to do is go out and, and invite people to come to church and spread the word. Yeah. It's not our job to be the judge. So if there's someone out there who's actually looking for God, what advice would you give them? Ooh. Well, first off, I'd say don't go headstrong into it like I did, because you'll burn yourself out. Yeah. Uh, take things gradual and let, let things happen as God puts it on your heart to do so. Because sometimes people have a hard time letting go of certain sins. Yeah. Uh, you, sh- you should be willing to change your life. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But do it a little bit at a time. It, it's it's like learning to, to uh, crawl before you walk and learning to walk before you run. Yeah. And, you know, give God the chance to change your life. Everything you're doing in life, if, if your life is falling apart, you know, the, the uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different outcome. Yeah. Well, why don't you let god show you the way if someone like me can allow god to come in and change my life and he 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 knew when was the right time he knew when was what the right things to say i had to go through some hardships if i could change anybody can change honestly honestly i i still finding hard to believe that God could forgive me for the things that I've done. I don't think I deserve it, but that's up to him. It's not up to me. <laughs> yeah. So I would definitely find somewhere you can be comfortable, but allow yourself to be uncomfortable as well. I like so, that. So uh, that, that's my best advice. And stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that advice. I especially like how you said, take it gradually. Because, you know, sometimes you know, you come to God and you feel like, oh, I have to be perfect now. I have to change everything. And then you set yourself up for failure because you can't change mm-hmm. anything. That's why you need God to change you. So I love how you brought that out about, 
be comfortable in a place, but then be uncomfortable because like, you know, change is uncomfortable. It's hard to feel comfortable when you are changing, especially your life. So I love that and stick with it. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kyle, for being a guest. I appreciate it so much. Oh, anytime, anytime. Feel free to reach out anytime. All right, will do. I absolutely love this interview with Kyle because it gives hope to so many people that have found God and left God that they can always find him again. Finding God at one point in your life doesn't mean that you can't find God again if you stray away from him or get off track. God loves us with an unconditional love, and he will find us and go looking for us if we lose our way. This kind of reminds me of the story in the Bible where Jesus tells the parable of the lost sheep and how the shepherd left the 99 sheep to look for the one sheep that was missing. That is an example of what God will do for us if we lose our way. So if you have lost your way, know that God loves you and that he is looking for you. The song that we're going to listen to today is from our artist of the week, DJ Dr. J. And we're going to listen to his single, Are You Listening? So here is the single, Are You Listening? from our artist of the week, DJ Dr. J. J to the B. United Saints. Holy Ghost Grammar. Revelation 229. Either half an ear. Let them hear what the Holy Spirit said to the church. Got a few public service announcements. Ready to hear it? Listen up. If you believe in love, you're in need of love. Get what Jesus does. Flesh your blood could be blank, but he's above. And looking down to see this looking down, how we're sitting proud. But he can turn it on the bond and cause a smile. Sometimes we have to wait. It may take a while for certain situations. Like how to remain faithful, have the patience. Learn the rules of Christ. That way you don't lose the fight. If you choose to reject the tools, you can lose for life. The board is open, take a cruise tonight. Open your mind to life, love and salvation, see what this dude is like. Bacon and only good from his work, we can learn. Beat the terms, he's the kind of guy that's speaking verbs. The word will put you in your place. How can you say you love a God you never seen? Just spit in your brother's face. Switch it up and let's carry on, cause love changed people. Got me singing this very song. I hope you hear me, really hope you listen. I could tell you it's better to live right, but I really hope that you're listening. I could tell you something there to change your life, but I really hope that you're listening. I can tell you Christ died for your sins, but I really hope that you're listening. I really hope you listen. I can tell you God is ready to forgive, but I really hope that you're listening. I trust and obey him all of my days, cause all of my prayers goes to him in all of my ways. There's nothing but joy for this, I'm here to glorify him, not divide him. He's the truth, is important, I don't deny him. Access is granted, I let him into my life. He's erasing all the sins of my life. I've been through the fights, been through the pain, been through the shame, been through the harm, been through the storm, just going the same. But by the grace of God, I'm still shining bright today like her friend. I'm just trying to see brighter days. See it right away, so I'm seeking insight today. Salvation is free, but there was some price to pay. Christ paid it when he went to the cross. He gave us all to get us. I pray that after the world's ending, I'm living with him. He is amazing. I acknowledge him daily, smiling and praising. I gotta thank him. I hope you hear me. I can tell you it's better to live right, but I really hope that you're listening. I can tell you something there to change your life, but I really hope that you're listening. I can tell you Christ died for your sins, but I really hope that you're listening. I can tell you God is ready to forgive, but I really hope that you're listening. I can tell you it's better to live right, but I really hope that you're listening. 
Until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.